Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the A-List. This actually isn't the A-List podcast. This is a special addendum. I don't know. We're calling it the A-List, the next generation, or uh, I don't know what to call it. Maybe you can come up with an idea of what to call it, but uh, write to me. Send me, uh, send me an email. Tom at DigoBrands.com. Tell me what you think it should be called and, and if you liked it or not, and we'll do more of these maybe. But here's what it is. Here's the pitch. We normally have, you know, ad legends on this show talking about how they got into the industry and, you know, going through all of the their history in the business uh, to sort of give me an insight into how that works. And these guys that we're going to talk to today, Monty Schlisser and Matt Lowe, are kind of newbies to the industry. And they are going to show us what it's like to be a newbie in the biz. Monty, Monty Schlisser, works at McGarry Bowen as a uh, planner. Actually, I think he just left there and went to BBDO, where Matt Lowe works as a copywriter. So I think they're together now, and they're going to rule the world, I'm telling you. These guys, they really have it in them. They have the hunger. They have the excitement. And I think it's going to be a really interesting episode. You're going to learn about things like how to create Google alerts to let you know about your clients and anything you really want to want to learn about. Um, they they blog, they make things, they're hungry. And I think you're going to hear it uh, in their voices. And I think it will inspire you whether you're just starting out or whether you're, you've been in the industry for a while. So uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But first, I got to tell you about this cool new thing. It's called Ad House Advertising School. Advertising age called Ad House New York's newest, smallest, and arguably hippest ad school. Their philosophy, an ad class is only as relevant as the professional who teaches it. Ad House classes are taught by the best in the biz, A-listers, all of them, in the agencies where they work. You get 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. So to apply, just go to adhousenyc.com. And for the latest news, follow Ad House NYC on Facebook. So now you're going to hear from, uh, they're not A-listers yet, but I, I have a feeling they might be someday. Here is my conversation with Monty Schlisser and Matt Lowe. Hey, guys. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Uh, we got Matt Lowe and Monty Schlisser in the studio today. Uh, and uh, how did you guys come about? How did you guys get here? How did we get here? Well, yes. thank you for having us here, honestly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe the first time no one on the A list. We were joking around with the Z list, uh-huh. making our way up. Yeah, the no, but you had a great idea. What was what was your idea that, yeah, that so you wrote about, me with? You know, six months ago, we've been friends. You know, forever. Both industry nerds, uh-huh. big fan of yours. And as we were listening to the podcast, we realized you know the episodes make a lot of sense to us because we can one day see ourselves in these leadership positions. Yeah. But for people breaking into the industry, maybe they can't connect to you know the CCOs of these big agencies, yeah. and maybe hearing stories from. People who are in the process of breaking in yeah. is a little more interesting and tangible for them to, yeah. to grab on and take some advice. And your thought was, what was it? What was it called? The the Who List. The Who List, <laughs> something uh, like that, or like maybe the A List, the Next Generation. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what we should call it. Maybe we should put right, a poll we'll, out or something. We'll have a little brainstorm. Yeah, I think I, I think you said once like we talked to the superheroes or the titans of advertising. Right. And it'd be great to hear how that how Thor became Thor. Yeah. Right? Or, yeah. or the extra a, that's behind Thor giving him his his cup of coffee was, before. We knew you went. Yeah, exactly. Of, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully it'll um, be a landmark. 
So uh, welcome. Thanks for coming down. Thank you for having us. Uh, you are, uh, Monty, you are a planner at McGarry Bowen. I am, in fact, yes. I've been there for about a year and a half. Okay. Uh, working on a number of pieces of business. Uh -huh. uh, spent about three years in digital and social advertising and, and strategy. Okay. Always wanted to go to like an above the line traditional agency. Right. Kind of felt like digital was just like a platform and, and, and the biggest, best ideas, whether they were digital, social, wherever. Um, we're coming from from big thinking and, and, and bigger agencies. So right. I interned at McGarry Bone right after school. I was at Indiana, so always uh -huh. wanted to to come back to McGarry Bone okay. afterwards. Every baby there. that was born, every new business win, I would always email them. Um, oh, yeah, just that's smart. See, yeah, just slide my resume kind of in there. Um, after about three or four of those uh, new babies, uh, uh, that's cool. <laughs> new business wins, that's yeah, cool. they, they brought me back. Yeah. And Matt, you're a copywriter at uh, BBDO. Yeah. So you know, opposite to Monty. I'm kind of born and raised at BBDO. Uh -huh. Started a little more than four years ago, right out of Syracuse, interned at BBDO, interned for about two and a half, three months, and then got hired on and have been there ever since. Right. So I'm making my way up, you know, now a senior copywriter working on Duncan. Yeah. And I was on AT&T and DirecTV for about, you know, two and a half, three years. And I'm guessing you guys were friends before or you worked together or yes. you were, how We've are you We've known each other for far too long. Our okay. parents have actually known each other for a very long time. Oh. So I think we knew each other when we were like a year old. Babies. We're not friends until about 13. Okay. Matt would sit at the cool kids, older kids table at all the, the, the mm -hmm. family friend functions. Okay. Um, so I always like resented him. I thought he was trying to be cooler than everybody <laughs> yeah. else. Uh, and then maybe about 13 was. years old, maybe he was, but yeah. I think at 13, he realized like I should join the, right. the kids my own age. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. The so. tides have turned to me now, following Monty and yeah. joining his bandwagon. All right. Exactly. But, you know. And where did you guys grow up? In the same town, I'm guessing. So we both grew up in New York. I grew up in New York City, and Matt actually grew up in Westchester, where okay. I know a lot of your guests have, have grown up in Westchester. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so a hotbed. Yeah, yes. he's, he's adding to that. <laughs> Creative that talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Manhattan, just uh, Upper East Side. Okay. Um, Matt grew up in in, in Purchase. Um, so always had an interest in 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 this world. Never yeah. really knew what it was, to be honest. We were always like talking about business. We were always interested in, in creative stuff that our friends thought were was kind of nerdy. Yeah. Um, and over time, we we, we Read Adweek a few times, found out that there were agencies that, that kind of work for these big brands. So people still read Adweek? Back then, yeah. Okay. Um, not when anymore. When is back then? Well, like when we first started interning, probably like nine years ago. Okay. Eight, nine years ago. Okay. Um, I was a marketing intern at People Magazine. Ah. I really didn't like it, but the only two things that I liked was once a week the editor would come down and uh, share that week's issue. Oh. Kind of got me into like the whole gossip world. Um, yeah. Watched far too many Keeping Up with Kardashians. Right. Um, but the other part that I liked was my boss made me read Ad Week and Ad Age every day. Oh. Um, so that kind of got me into the world. I went to Indiana. There wasn't really an advertising program. I was studying journalism and business at the time um, and started just reading on a daily basis and, and realized like, Oh, that commercial was made by an agency that's right about a mile away from me. So that was um, after college. That was during college. That was during freshman college. year of freshman year in college, Indiana uh, at Indiana. Yes, I had like some internships in high school where that was around like the stock market. Um, yeah. I worked at one hedge fund. Didn't love it, but always liked that perception was more important than than right. results and, and actuality, yeah. which I thought yeah. was fascinating. That turns out to be very bad. But. I, I agree, but it, okay. it birthed the whole of our yeah, career, yeah. so hopefully okay. that's a positive. All right. All right. Um, but I was always fascinated by that. I couldn't see myself working in, in just numbers, um, but I right. kind of liked the, this this happy medium between right. you know not being a starving artist, but not being a guy who wears a suit every day. Right. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's kind of how, how we and got to. Did you go to, to Indiana Avatar as well? I went to Syracuse. Okay, but I think you know, based off of Manu was saying, and a lot of the podcasts that that you've done, people didn't really know that advertising existed. Yeah, you know, I always loved thinking out of the box. My senior year of high school, I worked for a construction company, and you know, was building and fixing different doors and fixing different things around houses, and realized you know I love getting my hands dirty in these projects. And I loved writing at the time, but I never knew there was an opportunity to, you know, blend writing with out-of-the-box thinking. Yeah. And then I ended up at Syracuse in their sports management department. And after a semester, transferred into Newhouse when I heard, you know, little rumblings of this creative advertising program. Okay. And then found my way into that program and then realized, you know, you can blend the two, which was really, you know, interesting and eye-opening that, you know, I don't know why. Blend the two of, like, creativity and... Of the creativity and out-of-the-box thinking. Yeah. With, with writing and... and- Right. And yeah, okay. you know, gaining business traction and actually yeah. moving the needle. Yeah, I think it's funny that he was always drawn to writing because if you read his text messages, you'd never. They're not <laughs> spell check a little bit. You know, the yeah. clammy hands messing no, with the, the, the iPhone. English teachers told him like, "Yeah, you weren't that good at writing," and now that's yeah. what he does every day and yeah. does it pretty well. So when you when you first got the sort of the bug, you were reading uh, Ad Week. Mm-hmm. You were sort of you saw it. How did you see it again? What, yeah, I think, you know, in, same reading. At Newhouse. Adding, new, uh, yeah. At Newhouse, but reading all the trades and um, watching. So is that what you started doing? You started reading the trades and trying to get to know who was doing the good stuff? I think so, yeah. And, and, and I mean, Indiana, Syracuse has like an extensive program, so I'm sure Matt went into every class he could. We had a few classes at Indiana here or there. We had like a tiny makeshift student agency. So right. he, yeah, semester after semester, I started to get more and more interested in it. Personally, after People Magazine, I worked for a commercial talent agent um, mm-hmm. the summer after, literally just repped yeah. big celebrities as, as they worked with big brands. Right. Um, so got to a little bit more like closer to the agency world, got to work with a couple agencies, see what they were doing. Um, so yeah, every semester, was every summer, every semester was kind of moving forward. Yeah. Worked at a media agency my junior year uh, and then landed at McGarry Bowen as a strategy intern yeah. um, after my senior year and and. Worked for a couple guys, Michael Angelovich, who's a chief strategy officer down in Florida at Zimmerman Advertising, uh-huh. um, and then Mike Cox, who was also my, my direct boss at the time at McGarry, um, who's gone on since, and uh-huh. thought, oh, wow, these guys kind of like what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they're really smart. They're creative. They don't doesn't seem like they hate their jobs every day. Right. And the more I kept adding value and, and helping out a little bit, I, I worked on the Intel business um, during that time, and I was like, oh, they don't hate my ideas. I'm, okay. I'm kind of giving a little bit of value. Maybe, maybe I could do this. All right. Um, at the time at McGarry, it was a little bit of a tumultuous time there. So I think only about one of the interns got hired. Um, so I didn't stay on there. I ended up going to Edelman Digital. Uh, really couldn't get a, a, a strategy job at the time. So I literally was a community manager on the Samsung business. Why strategy? Why not creative? Why not any other It's a good other, question. I, I think like, I would, yeah, I was always drawn to, to, the, to the middle like we were talking about, right? Like my first job was at a hedge fund. I really liked the business and the stock market. Um, Mm-hmm. Been watching CNBC and 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 reading about business for for a long time now, um, and I always loved writing. I, I really loved writing. That's why I thought journalism would be be a career for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked the, this middle ground. I, I had a couple teachers at Indiana um, that kind of showed me that strategy it was an occupation you could maybe have. Yeah. And then the more people, the more LinkedIn stalking I did, uh, the, the time I had at McGarry Bowen, the more I was doing research, I found that maybe strategy was kind of a, of a good middle ground. Yeah. Um, and that's still yeah. remains to be seen, but but I, I, I love it and, and, and think it reflects a lot of what I love about about business and, and right. the world in general is, is getting to use kind of both sides of your brain. Um and, and, and you know, the research that goes into strategy I think is is, yeah. is very similar to, to what a journalism degree or a journalist does. How so? So what, um, what is the what is the research you do on so that? It's a good question. I think like a, a really good journalist doesn't take one source when they go into any story. Right? right. They get they go on the ground. 
they, they read reports, they, they hear from everybody, any and everybody um, that they possibly can. I think that's what a good strategist does too before a briefing. Right. I think there are way too many strategists that just, you know, look at one research packet, um, read one take millennial study brief. report, exactly, just take the client input brief um, and just run with it. I don't, and I think the, the best strategists don't. I think it's, you know, three, four, five, sometimes 10 different research sources uh-huh. um, that land on an interesting insight, that land on attention, um, that creatives like you guys can actually right. um, use as a jumping off point. Yeah. So yeah, the more work I got to see um, from from my McGarry bosses, the more I, I was researching um, and the more I got my hands dirty, the more I really enjoyed what strategy had to offer. Okay. Um, at the time, I, I, I really couldn't find it. I went to every interview possible. I wore a suit in most of the interviews, which I think was not a great yeah. look for me. Um, do you think you'd, you'd change that? Like you tell young people, don't do that? Yeah, I, it's, it's a good question. Like my get, first- Don't not be yourself, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I, I think, that's, yeah, I a, think. A, that's the best point. Yeah, at Edelman for the year and a half that I was there, they made fun of me every week about, remember when Monty went in and, and, and wore a suit and, yeah. and had one too many buttons undone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think advertising strategy in particular, I could speak for, um, what I love about it is that I'm not, changing who I am, whether I'm home or at the office. I yeah. don't like compartmentalize parts of my life. I'd be doing this type of stuff, whether yeah. I'm home on a Sunday or, or in, in a, in a oh, client right. presentation. That's for creative too. You know, they're hiring you because of who you are. Yeah. So don't go in all buttoned up if when you're hanging out with your friends, you're not buttoned up because right. that's what makes you you and that's what's going to make the work, you know, ultimately yeah. better if you can be comfortable in your own skin and, you know, come into work however you're comfortable and get down and dirty as so, you. So you uh, you started as an intern, uh, Matt, at uh, BBDO, right? Yeah. And you did the thing where you turned your internship into a job. What? How did you do it? Yeah. So I think, thankfully, no, I built some relationships with some of my professors at Syracuse and they gave me some valuable tips of, you know, take on all the projects nobody wants. You know, anytime uh-huh. there's a radio assignment, raise your hand and, you know, be happy to do so. So I started yeah. taking on, you know, all the the projects that I saw kind of, you know, people didn't want to gravitate towards. Right. But also my goal as an intern and still now is to just make everyone around me's lives easier. So, you know, if you're my CD, I'm going to go up to you multiple times a day and just find out what I can do to simplify your life. Right. You know, you're maybe a little older than me. You maybe have kids you want to go home to. Right. Give me some of the dirty work to, you know, get my hands dirty. Uh-huh. So I really took advantage of that. And if I wasn't on a brief, I'd go and ask different people around the office if they were on certain briefs and needed a hand yeah. or if I was briefed in on, you know, a, a social campaign, come up with some some radio ideas or some yeah. 15 online video ideas. You know, always try and overperform yeah. because no one will be upset if you over, you know, overachieve or bring more to a brief. Yeah. Always, How many clients do you think you worked on when you were an intern? I remember that summer. and Yeah, I'd, to, I'd say I probably touched most clients at BBDO while I was interning. Really? Probably about you know, seven to 10 different clients. I was set on AT&T team, but as I was doing briefs there, juggling, you know, three or four briefs, I'd go to the Mars team and ask about, you know, Snickers or M&Ms, or I would yeah. go to Visa or I'd go to the Bacardi team and, and just start asking around saying, I know you're working on some briefs, give me the scraps. Or How did you find out about the briefs? I would just walk and, you know, find people's desks and stop yeah. by, hey, I'm Matt, I'm an doing? intern. You're working on something. If you want to, you know, give me the brief and I can help you out. That'd be great. And then they would you know, make a copy of the brief and say, you know, we're working on this, but if you have any ideas, send yeah. them over. And then, you know, I would jam a little bit. Always Scrap. try and be the first one in the office, the last one to leave. Uh-huh. Definitely as an intern, and I still try and do that now. But, you know, definitely as an intern, you got to come ready to get your hands dirty and yeah. play. And How did you get your internship? Through school? Through Syracuse? Through school. And I think that's where, you know, having a relationship with Monty, someone to bounce ideas off of is great. And I think by December break, we had a Google, you know, doc with... 
20 different agencies and links to you know their application, some of the Who was HR people. There. Yeah, we did a yeah. deep dive into LinkedIn and friended every HR recruiter at all these agencies. And yeah. once they'd accept, we'd send a quick inbox to them. And uh, what? Who was on your list? What were what were the dream? What were the dream places I that you were? Widen Ken. Widen Ken. I mean, BBDO was definitely there. Widen yeah. Kennedy. Um, Shia Day was like it was big for us, just uh-huh. as Apple, Netflix, Gatorade fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. All of the agencies, of course, were at play as a graduate, you know, sure. looking for any internships. But I think we looked at work that we liked, and then we found the agencies that did the work, and those were the ones that really, you know, got our attention. Yeah. Just because when you want to go and, and work at a place, you start with the work out yeah. of the world that you love. Where do you find, where do you look at work these days? Because I know, you know, we I've talked with people about, like, the, the award annuals and all that stuff. Uh, it seems harder and harder to find the work and then find who did it and what, you know. Yeah, it's so tricky. Many... You know, creativity online is where I go. You know, first yeah. thing I do, I get to the office and I go there right, you know, yeah. right when I That's from AdAge, Get to right? my seat, which is Ad from AdAge. Age. But you know, the Can Archives is a great source, but again, there you kind of need a login through your agency. And right. there's, you know, the Mercury Awards. So I try and get some radio scripts from there, just hearing what's been done. Yep. But again, some of those, you need special logins. So yeah. the advertising, you know, the Adweek platform, whether it's Agency Spy, AdAge, Adweek, or Creativity Online, right. is a great source to just see, see good work and see what's being done as inspiration. Yeah. And for me personally, like social media and, and sounds archaic, but email is big for me when I see new work. I have mm-hmm. a bunch of just weird, stupid Google alerts that every time certain brands, uh, certain keywords pop up. I get an email every day. Right. Um, that's just a list of, of, of work that I so like to, set, to sift through. You and set then, Google alerts for what kind of subjects? So every brand I've ever worked on. Okay. Uh, I have a, a Google alert for them, even if I don't work on them anymore. Mm-hmm. Specific categories I'm interested in, whether it's technology, we're big sneaker guys, sports, mm-hmm. uh, the, the boring ones, brand, marketing, advertising. I get an email every day just, just with that. Yeah. Um, and then social media, I follow much more than I am followed. So on Twitter, like I think it's like three to one, the accounts that I follow versus who follows me. Right. And a lot of it is just every type of advertising, brand, marketing um, account uh, across the globe, not just in the US. Yeah. So I, I also like go out and, and look. I think Contagious is like a, a, a big site for me, uh, particularly uh-huh. as a strategist, because they kind of go into to the research and the insights. Yep. I'm, so I'm on there. I'm on that uh, very often, but I've tried to curate like an environment where it's mostly inbound. Right. Um, I do seek it out for particular clients, for briefs, for for inspiration, um, for brands I particularly like. Yeah. But I've, I've kind of gotten into this groove over the last four or five years where um, I don't really miss that much because of, of how much information is, is actually getting yeah. um, pushed this but way. But you've had, you've had, you set that up. So exactly. That yeah. And over time I've seen, and, yeah, which accounts, which keywords actually work, um, yeah. which agencies I, I really respect. Yeah. Um, so so I, I, I tend to look at their their. Yeah, their Twitter. I think their, it's their almost YouTube. a rabbit hole of, you know, I'll go to Creativity Online, I'll watch a spot, and right after the spot, I'll go down to the credits, copy the CD, copy, paste his name into Google, go to his book, and watch right. every spot in his book, and kind of rinse and repeat with any spot I enjoy go. Yeah. Most of them have, you know, ECD, two CDs, and a copywriter, and I'll copy and paste each one and stop yeah. their books and just yeah. learn what's out there, see what's been done, see what's been done so you can better your scripts. You right. know, the more you watch, I think the more, you know, valuable you become at your job just yeah. from seeing what's out there. How has, um, you haven't been in the business that long, but how has your um, sort of how you do your job changed uh, over the uh, time? 
Yeah, uh, for me, it's, what, what what did you think you were going to be doing, and then what? How did it? How is it different than what you're actually doing? It's a good question. I think for me, as I've gone from different agencies and kind of gone from the social and digital to, to more tr- traditional, um, my job's changed drastically. I think that the environment in which I work in now has changed dram- dramatically. Mm-hmm. When I first got in, and it was social and digital um, kind of agencies, that there was this like romantic feeling about. Instagram and Facebook and how do we figure it out? And there's billions of people and all this stuff. Right. Um, and I think oh, in the short amount of time I've been working, four and a half years, um, I think that's kind of evaporated. And now social just part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and if you don't get how Instagram and Facebook work, um, that speaks to a larger marketing and, and, and media problem and not just one yeah. niche on the side. Um, in terms of what I do on a daily basis, so that's like the business, I think, for me and, and the agencies I work with is, is is very different. And I've went, I've gone from social accounts to to, to global creative AOR accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me as a strategist, it's it's. I, I knew it would be rigorous. I knew there'd be a lot of research. I knew there would be um, a, a lot of collaboration and testing, um, but I guess I didn't know how rigorous it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was kind of a nice awakening for me. Um, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd watch Mad Men later on in, mm-hmm. in my, um, you know, Indiana, time at Indiana right. and it was kind of just like here's an idea or Don would yeah. rip off what the strategy was just yeah. off the hip and, and when research would come in he'd be like yeah whatever I don't yeah. really care about that um, so when I got in and realized like how much how much research how much rigor is put in um, how much uh, we played sports growing up so how much collaboration and teamwork there was um, I only fell in love with strategy and advertising more but right. yeah, it's definitely different than, than, than you think I think I, I, I grew up loving Nike ads right. Right? And, and, and Jordan brand I never thought how many different iterations and steps and reviews and and yeah. potential insights and and you know focus groups would yeah. go into to, to one spot um but but i think that's why why I fall yeah right deeper into it every day what about you matt what yeah i think how is, how you know, as i change? mature in the industry you know the concept and the way i concept stays the same of course i learn from brief to brief how to you know, concept better yeah. but i think now the platforms and the mediums you play with have definitely changed mm-hmm. so you know no longer are there you know these anthemic large budget TV spots, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean there's no video. So a lot of, you know, instead of a TV brief, you're getting an online video brief right. where, you know, the output is still the same of a 15 or 30 second video, yeah. but where it's living is a little different. And how do you take advantage of a one-to-one frame for Instagram versus if it was a TV broadcast spot? Mm-hmm. So, you know, using the platforms to your advantage too, mm-hmm. I think now there's a lot of clutter in the industry. So the work that stands out are the ones that were smart enough to hack an Instagram platform or mm-hmm. a, a Snapchat. And, you know, we always go back to you know, the Nikes of the world that, you know, launch Jordan sneakers through Snapchat AR. And, you know, Ikea does a great job of coming up with print that is interactive. Mm-hmm. And uh, Motorola Burger did a, a print ad that you can change the colors on your phone. You know, there are a lot of ways to see what's been done for the past and now let's push it. Yeah. Some people say print is dead and you're like, that kills me to hear because it's far from. It's just how do you right. push it to a new way that hasn't been done before? Yeah. I think that the human element of advertising also I didn't anticipate. I think when we were trying to get into the business, particularly the people you interview, mm-hmm. they were like these mythical creatures to us, right? right. Like how could this genius come up with, you know, it, they really were superheroes to us. Yeah. Um, and the more I get to work with, with brilliant people, the more I realize they're human beings also. They yeah. drink water. They have homes. They have a yeah. mortgage. Um, and I think the same goes for my clients. So that's that was a big thing as as I progressed in my advertising yeah. career is they're all just people and they were yeah. they were where I was at one point in time. Um, they have problems of their own. Right. They have sometimes strokes of genius. Yeah. Um, so that helps me a lot, particularly with working with with creative directors I respect or 
uh, clients at, at, at major companies that I've, I've worked with is they're actually just people too. And, it, and it's about, you know, accomplishing what they want to accomplish, right. um, giving them ways in or, or ways of thinking that they wouldn't have thought of in the past um, and actually getting them to, to, to the objective that they mm-hmm. set out at the beginning of, of the brief or the year. Or, or and I think that's that. what's helped us, you know, work our way up the ladder is understanding that, you know, this is a human business, this is a people business, and you got to be likable, you got to be approachable. If you, yeah. you know, put up your walls, you're not going to make it far in this industry. You know, we spend, you know, late nights in the office, you want to be with someone you're going to enjoy. Yeah. So. Who taught you to do that? Because I feel like a, as, a, as a generation, mm-hmm. you guys are, you know, millenn- millennials? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Yes, unfortunately. Young millennials. Yeah. Okay. Um, your people say, you know, the... Um, they're just selfish. They're all about like, I just want the, sure. I want to get the next level. Mm-hmm. When do I get my raise? Sorry, that's my mom. That's all right. She's always calling during I mean, these things. perfectly on cue. Hey mom, out. I'll call you back. <laughs> all right. Call you right back. Does I good. think that's the perfect cue of, I, I had it on do where... not disturb. I don't know. She must've called me twice. <laughs> moms get but I think No, disturb. I think this is where we thank our moms. Yeah. And you know, my yeah. mom was, was raised in Belgium, your mom in Germany. Oh, okay. And that European vibe of, you know, strict, but laid back and right. teaching you, you know, I would never leave a friend's house without going directly to the mom and saying, thank you for having me. Right. Walking into class every day and saying good morning to your teachers. You know, teaching us from a young age that you don't know what's going on in these people's lives. You see the surface level right. of them. So just going and being appreciative, thanking them and showing respect, I think, started early for both of us that we've kept through and, you know, helped yeah. us just right. move up the chain. So that yeah, European uh, influence is, yeah, is what you uh, I think we should yeah, give credit to our parents also. I think what's funny is we're definitely millennials. We did grow up in a, in a time before the iPhone and cell phones right. and, and all that, too. So I think yeah. we, we kind of toggle the line yeah. a little bit. Um, and... It is like an opportunity in a white space. I think the amount of people I work with or have in the past who who just email um, is very strange to me. Yeah. Like that, that exact sentiment would have been communicated much more effectively had we done this face-to-face. Right. Um, had the brief, you know, actually been collaborated on. Yeah. Um, and I think over the course of our, our internships and just our lives, um, interpersonal relationships and yeah. communication, I think, are, are extremely That's important and sometimes even more important than I than see a lot in else. younger people is that, you know, they'll... Um, uh, they'll say, well, I, I wrote the client, I sent them an email uh, two days ago and he hasn't gotten back, so we're just waiting. And it's like, can you take so up, can take you up the phone? what they would be like 30, 40 years ago? They, well, yeah. they wouldn't do that 30, exactly. 40 years because it's like, we'll call them. You right, know? they would have sent a letter uh, waited six months to get a response. Yeah. What, what are some of the other pitfalls that you see maybe your, uh, your contemporaries mm. uh, falling into traps or uh, like what are some things that, you could tell people yeah. how to. Yeah, I think you know, coming right out along. of college, then we can work our way up. But right out of college, and you know, no one is above an internship. Yeah, I think that's first and foremost. A lot of people, including myself, you know, I was graduating and I wanted a junior role. Mm-hmm. I was like an internship. You know, I've interned three years prior. I don't need to do that again. Right. But then I slowly learned that, especially in the creative, to break in, you need an internship. Right. You know, maybe one out of ten people will get a junior position. Right. But. I was so happy that I started as an intern and would do it, you know, 10 out of 10 times over again. Yeah. Because that's where, you know, get down and dirty and really learn how the industry works. Mm-hmm. So starting with, you know, nobody is above that. But oh. then I think a lot of people are jaded by, and of course, you know, we both have hobbies outside of work and have interests and things we enjoy doing outside of work. But when you're in work, show up and, and get ready to work. A lot of people, you know, show up and are ready to leave early or come right. late. And I think 
showing that you're driven and excited about the industry and want to work hard yeah. gets noticed and will help you know, drastically. I think yeah. the biggest thing I've seen is is this like era of instant gratification yeah. that a lot of us grew up in. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're definitely susceptible to that at times, but it's difficult to plan long-term for a career if you're just driven by instant gratification. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about practice versus the game, right? Like if the only time you've ever written a brief or, or actually flexed your strategic muscles or for your guys' case, uh, come up with ideas is, is when you have a client deadline and, and when you have an assignment, it's very difficult. But if you're practicing and you're always, you know, looking for inspiration or, or looking for yeah. insights um, in, 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 in strategy, um, I think you actually have a, 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 a long career or longevity ahead of you. How um, do you do that? How often do you practice? Like, what, what do you do? What's the practical so thing? So we personally, you know, we challenge ourselves once a month to go out and do something out of our comfort zone. We sound so nerdy. Least. I love this. You which, are nerds. Yeah, that's yeah, the problem. We are, we are you know, industry nerds, which again, I think helps us. You kind of, the hours can be ridiculous in this industry. So you have to love what you're doing and you yeah. have to be a nerd to to this. Yeah, I write regularly. Um, I have a medium site, like kind of a blog where I write yeah. about strategic things. Try to do Shameless it every couple plug. of weeks. Shameless What's that? Plug. Yeah, what is it? What is it called? It's um, not called anything. It's medium.com slash at mschliss, if anybody's interested. Right. But um yeah, what I felt like early in my career was it's very difficult to, for, for creatives. It's easy or easier to show what your output was yeah. for strategy. Sometimes I can't share um, the insight or the research or how we actually got there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I try to do it every couple of weeks. I try to write about what's on my mind from a strategy yeah. perspective, what I'm interested in the business world. That helps me just flex the writing muscle, the, the, trying to pick apart interesting insights, yeah. um, and finding substantiation for, for things that I'm that I'm trying to prove to so do you ske- set a schedule to do that like every wednesday i'm gonna I'm yeah gonna i think write, or... I, honestly i write all the time like personally and i, I have a, right. a journal that that, that kind of helps me um but no it's mostly like when I, when something is is sparked right for me when something's really interesting when you read um, something interesting and then you're exactly yeah i was always like uh, recently I, I wrote about zion williamson that the, the latest number one pick Mm -hmm. um, in the NBA draft. And I was always fascinated with him. He was like deciding which sneaker brand to work with. Um, And I always thought it would be monumental over the next 10 to 20 years in the sneaker industry where this this promising young kid actually um, lands. But not until I thought about who he is and maybe who his his comp is in in culture did i actually want to write something about him right and one time and i was just reading about kylie jenner and i thought wow there's so many similarities between these two they actually grew up just in social media they had all this hype uh they kind of came into a, a family or, or a league yeah. um that had superstars already and they kind of outshined them or or, or, or made themselves into mm-hmm. into unique property so until i kind of had that spark um it was kind of just me writing notes and outlines and, and getting right. frustrated why i couldn't have a hook for for, for the zion story right um so yeah I, I i try not to give myself a, a firm deadline but i'm constantly writing and then i i always kind of know the aha moment and i i feel that way when i write briefs um, that there is one moment where I look at a particular stat or find a tension or an insight um, mm-hmm. and realize like, oh, this is actually compelling. This mm-hmm. is actually a, a creative could actually build ideas off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly how I actually get to, to, to writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's and a couple how, of nerdy wh- examples. When you say out of your comfort zone, like what are you talking about? Like what kind of things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know, we're grateful to live in New York City just because there's so much going on that we're not maybe used to. So we try going to, you know, maybe a Korean restaurant or mm-hmm. we try going to, you know, a virtual reality museum. Right. Or we try, you know, walking over one of the bridges to Brooklyn, just doing things that, you know, we've lived here our whole lives, but, yeah. you know, maybe never have actually done. Yeah. So, you know, going to the Empire State Building, going you know, to the Statue of Liberty, things that you'd think we've done if yeah. we lived here. But, you know, now right. starting doing just immersing ourselves to 
more than just what's right in front of us. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it, just going off of that, I think we live in such a great city. And if you really look around, most people have their head down looking at their phone mm-hmm. or their headphones are in. They're not really taking in all yeah. the city has to offer, and particularly yeah. for a creative industry. Um, there's so much to take in and, 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 and inspiration that's just around you. Yep. So that that's why we try to do it. I try at least once a week to not put my AirPods in when I go to work because I think I, I learn a lot about people, about yeah. Uh, about the city, yes. um, about about arts and, and culture, just from 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 unplugging a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we've tried to have that that mandate once a month. And and if you have any tips or, or activities for us to, to go to different places, yeah. we, we'd love. Yeah. yeah. We'd love, and you're welcome to Name, join us for the August to, edition of. Yeah. Of, of, Let me know yeah. when it's happening. Um. The what, when you're practicing, Matt. When you're practicing ad writing, do you mm-hmm. still do you still work on spec stuff or? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have a a thing that maybe didn't get bought, do you still make it? What what? How do you? Yeah, so you, you know, there's the combination of, of course, getting you know disappointed when an idea you love doesn't sell. Yeah. But then you know, always going back to the drawing board and one understanding why it didn't sell. Mm-hmm. But two, luckily, you know, to be at BBDO, there's so many clients. Is there a way to dial it all back and think of you know different unique ways to present it to another client, mm-hmm. or again going and turning it into you know a project that I do at home. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, some of the projects are more straightforward in which then I'll go to, you know, go home and like Monty was saying, we're big sneaker heads. Mm-hmm. So taking, you know, I buy a lot of white sneakers and start drawing on them. You know, I did these little Nikes by just oh, putting yeah. the little Nike tip up top, you know, just yeah. little things where you can get your creativity outside of the office. Yeah, I love droning. I have a little drone now that I'll try going outside of the city and when you go up in the drone, you get a completely new perspective yeah. on everything around you just with that top-down yeah. view. So I'm starting to, you know, get into photography, whether it's with drones or with, you know, the iPhone, a bunch of different, you know, ways to just push your creativity outside of, you know, oh, you're a writer, you should be writing scripts. Right. Versus, you know, my favorite projects are the ones where I am getting my hands dirty and doing the set design and helping with the photography and doing the food shoots. Right. You know, really pushing it past just, oh, you should be writing or coming up with alt lines. Yeah, yeah. I think that's big. I, I I mean, we talked about a bunch of sites that, that, that we look on for, for the best piece of creative work in the industry, and I think that's very valuable. But I think going beyond our particular industry, yeah. yeah, into movies and film, and, and you're saying, you know, even graffiti or, or photography or mm-hmm. arts, um, music, that's when I get a, a lot of inspiration personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the best quote unquote brands um, don't operate in traditional advertising. Right. Um, I'm always fascinated by, by the, the, the film that a billion and a half people go and watch and, and learning about. You know the, the narratives and the storytelling and going on reddit and seeing what this little community is doing and how yeah. it's different can i apply it to my life or is it just cool and interesting for me yeah. um so i try yeah we, we personally and, and with matt we try to branch out beyond just traditional advertising mm-hmm. we're, we're definitely advertising nerds and 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 uh wouldn't trade that for anything i think it adds a lot of value to what we do on a daily basis but sometimes i feel like going outside of traditional advertising yeah. gives me a lot more ammo um yeah when i go to the office yeah yeah. I think that's when the good ideas come when we are walking down the street, take our mind off of, you know, the brief right. for a minute. And that's when kind of that aha moment hits you because, you yeah. know, now you're at the gym or we're going to a yoga class after this, okay. which we never used to do. But now, you know, it's trying yeah. something new and then you take your mind off of it for a minute. And that's when you come out and you're like, oh, it hit me. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. And you get to work and yeah. you're know, ready to jam. It's important to have that rest time of, you know. Definitely. 100%. Yeah, I think it's very difficult to just be thinking about one assignment, one brief, one brand all the time and actually mm-hmm. get to come up with a solution, let alone a creative solution. Yeah. So, so yeah, whether it is 
watching the Avengers or yeah. going to yoga, um, I think we, we pull a lot of, of, of really great inspiration and, and sometimes it's problem solving, sometimes it's big ideas, um, but I think balancing being in love with the industry and, right. and finding your inspiration elsewhere yeah. um, has, has been super, super helpful. And from a strategist perspective, uh, that helps me dispel some of the myths that I think are going on in, 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 in the industry now anyways. Yeah. Uh, this whole like attention span myth yeah. I, I think what, what's the crazy. attention span? Man? Well, like we, we always talk about it in, in, in strategy in particular, but at McGarry Bowen, like, you know, the average attention span is eight seconds and the average attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds. Right. 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 Um, and it's like we have less time to, to hit consumers or audiences um, with something compelling from our brands. And I, I definitely believe that the, the, the standard is higher now. Right. Um, but you can't tell me that our attention spans are tiny when a billion people go and see a three and a half hour Avengers movie. Right. Or when 70 percent of Netflix watched all of Stranger Things last yeah. week. Right. Um, so like that's where I get uh, some inspiration and then some like tactical examples of, yeah. of, of hypotheses I have um, or things that I read in, in, in millennial research reports that yeah. I just don't agree with. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that I think is, is, is equally, if not more helpful sometimes than, than studying the history of advertising or, or some yeah. of my favorite, most iconic um, brands. I, right. I, I think there, there's a balance that, that needs to be there, but um, personally I, I gain a lot more from, from, yeah. yeah, seeing the culture around the culture, Avengers, yeah. then, then, yeah. And I think that's what you do so well is, you know, getting outside of work and enjoying everything, but then tying it back yeah. to the brief or the project you're on. So, you know, yes, you're going and enjoying things out of the office, but then how do you at the office actually connect it back to the project you're on? Yeah, it's the, it's a big, it's the big secret of like, oh, you know, they made this into that and what if we took that same thing and you know like what if we took the way that they serve that korean food that you exactly. ate or the way that you know uh film was shot and mm -hmm. did our thing that way um it's it's really important and it's really important to have lots of inputs and not just be you know when i'm at work i'm thinking about one thing that i'm doing and when i'm not at work i'm not doing any of that i'm you know just not, I'm not connecting the things. I think yeah. that's the, the I'm thing. jealous of the people who can shut it off when they leave work. Oh. I know I leave work and the back of my mind is always yeah. the projects and always walking around 100%. looking at how I can bring something back to the project. Right. Have the uh are the are the timelines super quick like uh for for kids coming in like how how quick do you have to be to, yeah, to do things these days? Get ready pretty to quick. churn. Yeah, pretty I think, quick. You know, of course it depends on the brief you're on, you know, I've been on some 2020 briefs where you maybe get a little bit more time, but I've been on some briefs where we're briefing you today and we need to shoot in three weeks. Right. Or, you know, we need the first round in a day and a half. And that's when you're like, okay, I'm canceling dinner with my friend. Yeah. I'm staying here and I'm working or, right. you know, I'll go home and I'll work through the night. But I think you got to be ready to work and we're, we're the young ones in the industry. So when you do graduate and you are, you know, a junior, mid-level, even a young senior, you know, mm. get ready to work. There are no excuses of, but you know, my friend's in town or right. I have dinner. Yeah. You got to work and, and, yeah. and yeah. love it. And I started in, again, like social and digital stuff. And sometimes we would have to, we would get briefed on a Monday and have to pitch an entire thing on, on Wednesday morning or, right. or Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of trained, maybe yeah. PTSD, but trained in, in the art or, or the speed at which yeah. some of these projects go by. Um, but even at a traditional agency, sometimes I, I have 24 hours to turn something around. Um, and I, I think that's sometimes where we can shine really well. Um, I mean, personally, I, I've worked in such tight timelines that I know how to operate that quickly. Yeah. I know how to shut everything down and, and, and how to stay up all night. And mm -hmm. coffee is 
and my Nespresso machine is one of my best friends. Right. Um, but I think that's super helpful. It, it does open opportunities. Like like Matt, when Matt was an intern, I think he felt this and we felt this so often. Um, when you have tighter timelines, particularly the more senior um, professionals are, are, are maybe a little bit jaded or, or frustrated that they have such a tight timeline for the clients. Um, mm-hmm. And if you as a, as a junior or mid-level can come in with with real enthusiasm or optimism or say like, no, 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 I got this or or, yeah. or this is actually a cool opportunity for us to turn something around really quickly. Um, those are like the little wins, I think, on a, on a daily basis uh-huh. um, that you can actually prove to your boss and, and, and sometimes to yourself that, that you can really do this and, and, and have a long-term career in, in this business. Yeah. And I've learned to love those shorter timelines because now that means if they like it, you're producing something that much quicker yeah. than, you know, a month and a half timeline is you get really excited about your ideas. And then by the time you're producing them, there's four other briefs on your plate. Right. So now it's, you know, a quick brief with a quick deadline. You're making something within the next week or two. Yeah. But yeah. for a creative, you know, that's all you want. Just yeah. make, you know, a lot of stuff that you're proud of. Yeah, yeah. The difficulty, I guess, is like applying the same level. I mean, from a strategy perspective, applying the same level of rigor and, and like, you know, uh, yeah, the thought Care process into each, yeah, in, each into something that's 24 hours versus two or three weeks. Right. That's definitely difficult. And I think that takes time and, and training. Um, and, and sometimes stepping away from your desk, even at 11.30 at night uh, to right. kind of come back and, and, and gain some inspiration. But um, yeah, I think those are, are real opportunities to shine and, and to show the people yeah. um, above you or, or in other agencies, if you're looking, um, that you really can operate in, in any type of environment, yeah. in any type of client. Um, the ad industry seems to be, I don't know, imploding mm. or it's getting smaller or sure. something. Um, is it something that you guys and your friends talk about? Do you think it's going to be okay? Um, it's definitely. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. But it's not, I think it, do you don't. I think it ultimately will be okay, of course. Okay. And I think you know that's what Monty and I talk about too. Of, you know, we are that next generation. Yeah. And sometimes you know there needs to be a little push from the younger generation, right. saying you know, like you were saying, the attention deficit is you know much shorter now on watching spots. That's where we have to step up and say you know you may think that. But we're going and watching three-hour movies and directing right. them in the right way. Of you may think that, but we know because half of the briefs we're on, we're the demographic that's trying to be reached. Right, right. But I think yeah. all of these brands, you know, need whether you know it may not be a TV spot, but they need work being put out in the world, especially now that Instagram and you can shop off all these platforms. And you know, David Lubar's made a great presentation at BBDO a few months back how the majority of people who buy stuff off Instagram now don't even know the brand it is anymore. If wow. someone asks, you know, where'd you get that jacket? It's like, oh, on Instagram. Yeah. Which, you know, is terrible for, for all of these brands because yeah. now we're just shopping off these platforms. Yeah. So as these brands and, you know, our jobs daily is to make sure we don't lose that equity and make sure the messages we're putting out are tied back closely to the brands. Yeah. And finding, like we were talking about, you know, unique ways to tell that story. Right. I think that's what's changing in the industry, you uh-huh. know, the ways you tell the story and the platforms you're using. But I think, you know, the output will stay the same. Yeah, and I think if you look across the industry in general, the majority of advertising is pretty poor. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that some of right. it's imploding, that some agencies are, are falling by the wayside, right. primarily because they don't do great work. Right. I think 10, 20, 50 years from now, there will still be corporations that need to sell something to yeah. someone that they don't understand. Yeah. Um, and there, there'll be guys in suits that need a creative problem, yeah. um, a creative solution to, to a, a problem that, that they don't know how to solve. So. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting time. We definitely speak about it a lot. I think the number of agencies in the industry that are doing great work is relatively small. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at least when I was studying in school, I used to think there were dozens and dozens of great you right. know, game-changing agencies. I don't really feel like that anymore. I think we could count it on one or maybe two hands of, yeah. of the, the agencies I really admire. Yeah. Um, but I think regardless of, of how technology and platforms take over on Amazon, there will always be businesses or organizations that need to accomplish something right. and don't really know how to, yeah. don't have the budget they think. Um, and, and I think people like us come in with with, with, with creative solutions yeah. um, and we're more problem solvers than anything else. So uh, I think it's an interesting time. I yeah. think it's it's maybe moving a lot quicker than it used to. Right. Um, you know, there, there were decades in between like a big platform or medium shifts right. um, from television to radio and print. Um, and now, you know, what, what's big on Instagram in, in July might not be big or exist in, in August or October. So right. um, I think that's pretty interesting for us as a strategist. I, I think it's, it's, it keeps me on my toes. I'm always, I always have to, to figure out what, what's, what's effective, wh- where the culture is at, um, where categories at. Um, so I think that that's really interesting. The yeah. other thing that, that your question makes me think of is in business in general. Now the barrier to entry is virtually zero. Mm. So you're feeling competition from all ends, which again, I think it, it makes the value that we provide, um, even greater, the value that agencies provide. that agencies provide that that, that that people that are that are willing to 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 go the extra mile um, mm-hmm. and actually solve solve these bigger problems. Um, I think that there is, a, is is an opportunity for 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 us to to really excel uh, yeah. and to have long term careers. But it's not just the three companies that you used to think were your primary competition. It's George and his basement in Los Angeles that just came out with the you know. The, possibly the next iPhone competitor yeah. or, or the I next Casper mattress you know, away, away bags. Based off um, clutter, you know, the more clutter, almost the better for us, you know. Right. It used to be just Gillette where you're going to go buy your razor and now there's Dollar Shave Club, there's Harry's, you know. Yeah. There are a million different ways to get pretty much the same product. Mm-hmm. So how do these brands stand out? And that's, you know, thankfully where we come in is Right. an agency and help them, you know, break through the barriers. And you can make the argument that not only do brands stand out by being creative like that and, and, and building identities of their own, but it actually might be more valuable than ever yeah. before to have a community, to have loyalists, to, to have a real brand that that, right. that stands for something. Um, yeah, Having it, a community, yeah, that's, that's for me, uh, the key, I think. Right. And a lot of brands don't want that. They just want to sell stuff and they don't want to do the extra, like, no, you have to take care of your people that are in your in your crowd, you know, it's not just, 100%. they're not just cows that you're hooking up your Yeah, and if you're just selling, yeah, if you're just selling at some point, you become a commodity, right? Right. And, and the bigger companies like Amazon become, um, the yeah. less important it is that you're $3 cheaper than your yeah, competitor. that your powdered um, beverage is, yeah. Exactly. Is totally called this and alienate. Exactly, but but I think there there opens up an in, in incredible opportunity. I mean, I, I remember when I first looked at Twitter from a marketing and advertising perspective, it's literally what people are saying. And 50 yeah. years ago or 20 years ago in advertising, used to a marketer would die to hear what someone right. would say about their product. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I worked on Samsung, within 10 minutes, I knew whether the ad was getting positive sentiment or negative, what they liked about it. I right. could edit on the spot. Um, and I think that exists for, for, for business and, 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 and industry in general, yeah. um, is that you have these these, these platforms and, and, and ways to assemble community and to actually drive loyalty word of mouth that you can actually quantify now yeah. um, and actually build brands like the Nikes and Apples of yeah. the world um, that can stand the test of time and, and regardless of market conditions or, or new entrants yeah. um, actually mean something in your life. And, and it actually drives a price premium too. And right. Nike can now sell their product for a little bit more. We don't, all of us have iPhones. They're a yeah. billion dollars now. They could keep increasing it. Uh, Netflix has incredible price, price elasticity. They just increased their um, monthly subscription fee, but no one's really leaving. Right. Um, so it's fascinating, like 
the 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 issues that that kind of exist in 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 this environment, but the opportunities that I think some brands are really taking advantage of, and 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 the people that are going to have longevity in the advertising industry mm -hmm. um, will actually take advantage of um, for yeah. themselves and for their clients. Cool. You guys are giving me such hope in the future. Uh, so glad. With the yeah. way that you 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 talk about stuff. Uh, what what do you do? Uh, I got two more questions. What do you do when uh, you're you're young mm -hmm. and don't feel like it? But pe yeah. Well, people, but think back to when you're first in it, and people kind of treat you like you don't know what you're doing, sure. or um, or do you do you say, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'd love to learn, or do you do you sort of want to prove it to them? What's the, and how do you, this, yeah. you know, we'll both have separate answers. Cause I think this is, you know, a very creative answer versus a very strategic answer, sure. but creative is what I love about, you know, BBDO and agencies in general is the work really does the talking. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of instances, when I'm on a brief and my ECD or my CD is, you know, 35 and up, they need, you know, the younger millennial to come in with the answer to Snapchat or the answer to Instagram that yeah. they maybe don't understand. Yeah. But I think, the work speaking for itself really, you know, I don't think I've ever been in a meeting where they look down on me because I'm younger than them or they ask my age. Right. They read the script. And if it's a good script, you know, they don't care if I'm 20 or if I'm 27. Right. So I think creatively, it's it's really nice that the work speaks. Just let the but work it's also do. really nice that they need your insight as a younger, you know, if you're just coming out of college and breaking into these, you know, agencies, they need your insight on the trends on Snapchat or the mm -hmm. trends on Instagram because they're probably not using them. Right. Whether it be Pinterest or Reddit, you know, yeah. they rely on us for some of that information. Right. I think from a, I was going to think of a, of a different answer, but I think from a strategy perspective, it's very similar. I think the, the work speaks for itself. If I can deliver a clear, eloquent brief, uh, have have presence when I'm presenting, mm -hmm. uh, understand a market, the history of it, where it's going in the mm -hmm. future, understand the audience. Um, I think the the rigor and the the work itself that I apply to to, to briefs or, or anything that I create. Yeah. Um, speaks for itself. I'm four and a half years in the industry. I've never been asked how old I am. Right. Um, partially that's because I try to keep a beard all the time so that uh, no one knows. Right. Uh, but partially that is because of how hard I think I, I work and, and the level of rigor and, and, and care that I put forward, uh -huh. put forth to, to, to the work and to the clients. Uh -huh. um, and I think for me, particular in strategy, like empathy is a huge part. So of what I do on a daily basis, whether it's empathy for, for the client, for the creative director and their time or, or yeah. what makes them tick. Um, but I think the, I think the same about this conversation in age too. Like I empathize with with a, a CMO um, mm -hmm. who looks at a 26 year old and, and thinks like you can't possibly know right, um, yeah. what you're talking about. Right. Um, so that I think motivates me to go the extra mile to, to work even harder to make them understand. Yes, I, I am pretty young, but actually I've, I've applied more rigor than anyone in this room. Right. Um, I've actually thought about your customer in the future um, uh, in a different way than maybe you have. Right. Um, and it kind of strips those those barriers. And, and to Matt's point, I think there is a lot of value. Um, from millennial or, or any age yeah. in advertising, I think ageism is, is is a problem in advertising in general. But I think uh -huh. any age in advertising, I think, has something unique to offer. Um, whether it's for client specific stuff, for the history of of, of business and advertising, right. um, for picking insights, seeing a trend that's popped up beforehand. Uh -huh. um, so I think, yeah, I think I think the work really speaks for itself. I think having empathy um, for the people who are giving you a big responsibility, giving you a big brand and, and letting yeah. you kind of run with it. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for every opportunity and meeting that I get to sit yeah. into. Um, and the way that I kind of repay that gratitude is is, is, is in how hard I work and, and yeah. the research and the rigor that I put forth um, so into anything I do. So don't focus on the fact that somebody isn't treating you like a grown up. Forget That's that. That's fine with me, yeah. Focus on the fact that 
you're doing your work right. and you're going to hand in your work and it's going to be great. Agreed. I, I don't know if this is for everybody, but but Matt and I are very competitive too. So the moment that you tell me I'm too young to understand this, right. I'm really going to work. Down. I'm going to work much harder. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that level of motivation, that that competitive spirit, um, not in a negative way against any sure. of my, my contemporaries, but um, that almost motivates me yeah. far more than the person who's like, hey, you're young. What's popping on Twitter right now? Yeah. Um, that's not so motivating. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit demeaning, but I think them saying you can't possibly know what, what, what the last 50 right. years in the, in the auto industry looks like. Um, right. You're 26 and actually coming in and, and surprising them. Yeah. It actually it actually like raises, the, I think, the level in general of 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 output and, mm-hmm. and work in general, right? Like if I have a boss who's 10 years, 20 years more senior than me, yeah. who didn't think about this part of the industry or didn't see this tension right. um, or didn't see this growth opportunity, I think they perk up a little bit and they're like, yeah. wait, well, if yeah. this guy was in school five years ago right. and he knows this, what, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of am motivated by that and, and, and really cool. enjoy it. And then I don't really share how old I am. So that helps too. Right. Yeah. All right. And uh, last question. Sure. Uh, where do you guys want to be in five years? Five years from now? I think we both have pretty similar answers of, yeah, we do. you know, long-term 10, 15, 20 years is running our own shop together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, five years is, for me at least, being, you know, a CD and running a team yeah. and, you know, hopefully having a client that, you know, trusts me and respects me and wants to, you know, take risks yeah. And being able to build a relationship with the client and, and run, you know, business on my own. Okay. Yeah. And I think we talked about this a little bit that we don't like to compartmentalize our lives. And, and I think my personal life and my work life are very similar. Um, I think about that also with my point of view on strategy and, and, and my voice in, mm-hmm. in strategy and what I think is is, is going to be effective in the future mm-hmm. um, and what's going on today. So my goal in five years is to apply my unique voice and my own point of view mm-hmm. um, the same way to, to a team, to, to a big brand, mm-hmm. um, to, to a group of strategists um, mm-hmm. at, at an agency I really respect or an agency that Matt and I run. Yeah. Um, so that's really the goal. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have some brands that, that, that I've loved as a kid that I, I'd love to, to work on some I've, I've actually gotten to touch um, over the last couple of years and I'd love to, to run strategy and, and put my own stamp on, on, right. on, um, on what they're doing and on that era of, 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 of a Nike or an Apple yeah. um, would be very cool. But yeah, I'm almost more motivated by the, the, the companies you've never heard of or the, the brands and categories that, that I don't know anything about and, and getting to lead planning on, on, and strategy on that is, is equally, if not more exciting. Right. Yeah. All right. I have one more question, actually. Will you guys hire me freelance when you start your, your agency? You're going to ask the same thing. All so right. Cool. You cool. You're in. All right. I got a gig guys awesome. in five years or whenever they start this thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm, you're with I mean, us. if you're gold. joining, we're starting I'm in two gold. weeks. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gold. I'm going to be okay. Um, well, thank you for coming. Anything thank I didn't ask you? Where can, how can people reach to you guys? Yeah. Um, Matthew.low at bbdo.com. Matthew. You know, I think yeah. I reached out to so many people when I was in school yeah. looking for help. And I'm you know, more than happy and open and willing to answer yeah. any questions people people have. So shoot them over. Nice. Yeah. All For me, it's all the social media platforms. I'm... I'm too big on Twitter, or I talk too much on Twitter. Right. Um, I just yell at the president. Bro. That's probably yeah. not good for yeah, my brand. Yeah, I don't really do but that. But I like to yell at him. Yeah. I follow you, and I like when you. He's do a that. moron. Yeah, I like I like your tweets, but I, I don't just want to say that own. out loud. Um, <laughs> Will you guys bail me out when perfect when we I get picked you. up? We're we'll there. The Gestapo yeah, we got <laughs> coming you. my way. We'll come out with the social strategy. Also, get yeah. the mob of of all right of guys away from you. But yeah, good. So all the social strategies, all the social medias. How do they? It's how do you spell? Yeah, so uh, on Twitter it's it's Monty Bro, 
Um, I thought that was Monty M A N I bro. Yeah, with the it's before because when I was in high school oh, and Twitter okay. came out, I thought that was really funny. because people would just M-A-N-I. type in M A N I. Um, so I'm big B-R-O. on Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm I'm, I'm very active on, uh, okay. and then Medium I, I write regularly on. So Monty Schlesser yeah. on Medium at M Schliss uh, on Medium is is where I put some of my nerdy thoughts that didn't make it into this conversation but that's cool um, yeah but thank you for check your it time out. And, and and letting us come in uh, yeah this is gonna be good we're gonna do this as a as a series we'll get we'll get young people in here all the time um Fantastic. maybe even younger than you guys wow yeah, i think can't imagine i can't wait to like a five-year-old in here and they're like <laughs> what, what do you think of advertising he shows you a, a lego block and you're like yeah it's genius yeah like, good job <laughs> so is it uh, the who list or the z list I we'll, don't know. We'll, all right, we'll come up with a name. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll send some ideas. A list next generation. We'll figure it out after yoga later. So, what are you thinking, Sierra Ziegler? All right, she just <laughs> said yes. Fantastic. Make up your own stuff, Sierra. That was my idea. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks yeah, for having really us. appreciate it. Good one. Glad yeah. we got to do this. Take care. Woo. So that was my chat with Monty and Matt, Monty Schlisser and Matt Lowe. They're gonna be they're gonna be A-listers someday. I can feel it. I like their energy. I like how they wrote me about 700 times to be on the show and to share their their stories. And they make me hopeful for the future. It was a really good conversation. I think they have a lot of really great tricks for you that you heard, and they're just hungry, you know. Write thank you notes. Do all the things that they're doing, and you're going to be okay. Thanks for listening. This has been The A-List, brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. I'm Tom Chrisman. Please rate us and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to be interviewed for an upcoming episode, contact us through adhousenyc.com or just write to me at tom at digobrands.com. If I don't get back to you, you can keep writing me like Monty and Matt did and not get uh, weirded out by it because, you know, I'm busy. The A-List is a production of DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. Check us out at digobrands.com. The A-List is recorded at Gramercy Post in New York City. Check them out at gramercypost.com. We got Joe Webster on the uh, keyboard over there. He's our engineer and our editor. We got Phil Harris and Sierra Ziegler coming up with all the stuff that I say and doing all the research and making sure that I show up on time. And we got uh, Duotone, who created our amazing music that you're listening to right now. Thank you for that. And that's it, I think. You know, check us out. Send me uh, emails and stuff. Let me know what to call this thing. All right. Thanks for listening.